Welcome to Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. Over the next half hour, Docs in a Pod will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Tamika Perry and award-winning veteran broadcaster Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. And now, here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Tamika Perry. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on the award-winning Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron. We come to you every week with a discussion of a variety of health issues as they relate to seniors, their families, and others. And we are so pleased you are with us. Our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry, is on the line, and we're delighted to have her here. She's a physician at Wellman at Redbird Square, located in Dallas, completed her master's degree at the University of North Texas Health Science Center in Fort Worth. She earned her medical degree at Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Also earned her master's in public health from the University of North Texas. Dr. Perry's undergraduate degree. Here's the applause line. It's from Prairie View A&M University. Go Dr. Panthers. Perry's board certified <laughs> in family medicine by the American Osteopathic Board of Family Medicine. And I could go on and on, but uh, why don't we just go to her. Dr. Perry, thanks for being with us. Thank you. That's such a, a grand entrance every time you say it. I'm like, now, is he talking about me and did I pay him enough? <laughs> you know, so, so but can, I am I am more excited to talk about our, our guest today and what he has to say. Well, we're going to introduce Dr. Horace Stedman. We're going to be talking about vitals you should track at home, things you can do to improve your own health and quality of life. Dr. Stedman is a physician at WellMed at Marble Falls, located in Marble Falls, not Far from beautiful Horseshoe Lake, Dr. Stebbin earned his medical degree from Wayne State University School of Medicine in Detroit. He completed his internship at the University of Texas Medical Branch at Galveston, Texas. Dr. Stebbin is board certified by the American Board of Urgent Care Medicine. And when he isn't at his clinic, he enjoys playing golf. He flies a Mooney airplane and travels with his family. And Dr. Stebbin, we are so pleased to have you with us on Docs in a Pod. Well, thank you very much. Glad to be here. You have an interesting topic that uh, you wanted to talk about, vitals you should track at home. Uh, share what, what we should be doing. Well, there's several things you can look at at home. Um, tracking your blood pressure. If you get a blood pressure cuff, get the one that goes on your arm, and then you don't have to do anything to push a button. And if your blood pressure is staying, then what's the normal range on there? You don't need to worry about it or check it that often. If it's running high or if you're on high blood pressure medicine, you might check it a little more often so you can kind of help keep your doctor advised on any medication changes you might need. Of course, whenever you check that, you're going to have the pulse checked with it. And that should be probably between 60 and 90, probably around 70 to 85 would be more ideal. They make the little pulse ox. A lot of people got those when uh, COVID was here because we were worried about not being able to breathe if we got it. So it's a little device you put on your finger and it tells what your oxygenation is. And that's not particularly necessary unless you have history of lung disease, asthma, COPD, or if you're a smoker. Uh, sometimes your oxygenation drops so slowly as a smoker, you kind of get used to being um under-oxygenated, so to speak. Another thing that I think is real important is monitor your weight and uh, keep yourself thin. Skinny lives longer, okay? In America, uh, obesity is chronic and 
when you get on the scale, don't freak out about, oh, I, I need to lose 50 pounds or 100 pounds. You eat an elephant one bite at a time and you lose weight one pound at a time by making little changes in your diet, eating more nutritionally dense, caloric, poor foods, such as uh, vegetables, fruits, whole grains, beans, nuts, and focus on the vegetables, lots of green leafy vegetables and get all the colors in the orange, the yellow, the reds and things like that. Let me come back to blood pressure for just a moment, if I may, because when I was a kid growing up, the standard was 120 over 80, always good. If you were older, uh, it could be a little higher. Uh, and, and I'm not sure what are we looking at today for what would be an appropriate blood pressure? Okay, well, it depends on whether you're looking at American standards, which is influenced by the American diet, sad diet, standard right. American diet. Correct. Uh, or if you're looking at countries where um, the normal blood pressure is low when you're young, a little bit higher middle-aged, and then lower again as you get older, which is ideal. Uh, in America, because we eat this diet that is high in saturated fats, the blood pressure tends to go up over time. So they'll say, okay, if you're 140 over 90 or less, you're good. But that is still a little bit elevated. Um, if you look at, uh, there's a video on Netflix, How to Live to 100 Plus, and this video looks at the oldest living populations in the world, the Blue Zones, and it shows what their habits are. And you can get a lot of good information there on how to eat to keep your blood pressure in better shape. And, you know, one of those blue zones are actually here in the United States in Loma Linda, California, and their counterparts right over the highway. I think it's San Bernardino Valley. You know, they're really like five or six miles apart, but the life expectancy is so much different. The people in Loma Linda live anywhere from 10 to 30 years long, longer. And Dr. Stedman makes an excellent point. It's all about exercise, staying thin eating the appropriate foods that are low in uh, saturated fats and a low stress lifestyle. It's interesting in San Antonio, Texas, uh, there's a street that divides the city. Hildebrand is the name of that street. And every two years, uh, the Barrow County Health Collaborative does a health assessment for, uh, for Barrow County. Uh, and they have found that people born and living north of Hildebrand versus south of Hildebrand live 20 years longer uh, than their counterparts just south of Hildebrand. And it relates to, as you were saying, Dr. Perry, uh, much of that area is a food desert, very few grocery stores, very few opportunities to buy fresh fruits and vegetables, very little transportation, very little access to health and medical care. Uh, and it's a serious, serious problem. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you don't necessarily need to have a whole foods or a sprouts. And, and I don't want the whole foods or sprouts people getting me in your neighborhood to have, you know, to have access to healthy food. You can go to your Albertsons or Tom Thumb or whatever your local pharmacy is and just buy an apple and have an apple instead of a Snickers for a snack. You know, my whole office, we've taken on that initiative this year. So we've taken out all of the sodas from the office. We've taken out all the cakes and cookies. Um, I've even, me personally, have even taken out the red meat. And we said, this is what we're going to do and see what happens with our own health outcomes over the next six weeks. Several years ago, I was a teacher and uh, Dr. Stem and Dr. Perry, uh, I gained 
10 pounds the first year because of all the food <laughs> people brought into the teacher's yes. lounge. Yes. Cakes yes. and cookies and pies. Uh, it, it was absolutely amazing. Yeah, I call them fat pills. They bring us cookies and yes. cupcakes and donuts and all those sort of things. And I'll take a bite of it, but that's it. I don't sit there and eat the whole box anymore. Pretty much. My, my daughter loves this time of year because all the patients are so awesome. And they bring you all these wonderful gifts, you know, like Dr. Sedman was saying, homemade cookies, cakes, pies. I have one patient who even brings me cornbread dressing and she bakes whole chicken thighs into the dressing. Oh, I mean, wow. it is super great. But, you know, my daughter is always like, well, what did you get today, mom? You know what I mean? Um, however, comma, when I'm looking at everyone's A1 season the first time of the year, and remember, we just finished Thanksgiving, Christmas. We just right, now finished. Now hold that thought. I'm going to come right back to you and uh -huh. we'll find out what A1C yeah, yeah, yeah. is. But if you've just joined us, you're listening to the award-winning Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry. And our special guest is Dr. Horace Stedman. Uh, he hangs out in Marble Falls. And if you haven't been there, it is a neat, neat community with a wonderful diner. The Marble Falls restaurant up there is fabulous. Get a chance, visit, knock on Dr. Stedman's door. Tell him you heard about him on Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, and we're talking about, back to you, uh, Dr. Perry, A1C is what? That three-month average of your blood sugar. So this time of year, I always notice that it's a measure for diabetes, right? That's right, creeps up. And then Dr. Stedman had said something earlier about an important vital sign to monitor is your weight. Dr. Stedman, expand on that for us. Well, what you see is as your weight goes up and you increase fat cells, your in, your uh, risk for diabetes goes up. Uh, your risk for hyperlipidemia goes up. Your risk for joint problems go up because you're asking more of your joints than they were designed for. Exactly. Uh, about what your lean body weight is, and you can do certain calculations. Your doc can help you do that to figure out where you should be, and then you can set a goal to get there. And so I encourage people to monitor their weight for those reasons. And I always try to tell my patients, weight is kind of a moving target, moving target in a downward direction, depending on where you are in your life. You know, Dr. Stedman was right. You get so fixated on that number on the scale. One, is it moving downward, if that's our goal? Two, how do you feel? Do you feel like you have more energy now? Do your clothes fit better? When you see that friend you haven't saw in a long time, do they go, hey, girl, are you losing weight? Those are better indicators are, are you moving in the right direction instead of, man, I only lost seven pounds instead of 10. Seven is great. Absolutely. It's great. It's great. And one of the things, Dr. Perry, you got certification in uh, obesity and, and looking at what it is that makes us a fat nation. Uh, one thing Dr. Stedman says, uh, you got to look at as a slow process if you're planning and hoping to take the weight off. Absolutely. Dr. Stedman, you mentioned earlier the standard American diet or the SAD diet. And what are the components, as if we don't already know, but let's spell it out from an expert. What are the components of what makes our diet SAD? Well, there's so much fast, I reluctantly use the term food. Uh, when you, yeah. go, <laughs> uh, you go and you get burgers, which has uh, the high fat meat on it uh, usually has cheese and then you add french fries on top of that potatoes fried in oil at high temperature which converts what would be a normally healthy food to a toxic food uh, you can get information on that on a, a website called nutritionfacts.org he goes into a lot of uh, details and science on 
uh, food and how certain cooking methods affect it. Uh, for example, the meats, there's uh, something called the Millard reaction. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. I'm, you probably are. It's where when you uh, fry a burger, it kind of gets crispy on the outside. Yeah. yeah. That also creates toxins. So if you're going to eat meats, you should steam them or boil them. And most people say, well, boil, I want to grill it, you know. But that's just the facts on how it causes the not so healthy food to be way less healthy. So when I say when I'm ordering, I'd like that charred as dark as it can be. Not a good thing, it turns out. No, not at all. Nice and tasty. And it's what we grew up with. And that's why it's tasty to us, because we developed the taste for that. It's kind of like people who drink beer. I like beer. Well, when you were a little kid and you took a sip of your dad's beer or whatever, you wanted to spit it out. Yeah. You develop a taste for bad things. All right, we're going to come right back to you. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Docs in a Pod, the award-winning podcast available wherever you get your podcast. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our very special guest. We're talking with Dr. Horace Stedman and our co-host right with us today, Dr. Tamika Perry. This is Docs in a Pod. Turning 65, it's time for an important choice, deciding what Medicare coverage is best for you. WellMed can help. When you become a WellMed patient, you can connect our primary care with a Medicare Advantage plan. WellMed doctors and care teams spend quality time with you, listening and learning about your health. WellMed and a Medicare Advantage plan could be right for you. Choose WellMed. Learn more at 866-433-5048. That's 866-433-5048. so pleased you're sticking with us right here on the award-winning Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry, and we're talking up in Marble Falls, Texas, with Dr. Horace Stedman. Dr. Stedman has a medical practice there, and one of the things we are looking at are the vitals you should keep track of. And uh, Dr. Perry, you wanted to follow up. Yeah, I did. I wanted doctor to discuss with Dr. Stedman, if a patient is taking their blood pressure or heart rate at home, what values are red signs and what symptoms could be red signs with those red sign values where we need to call someone immediately? Okay, well, if you're uh, 140 or over 90 or higher on your blood pressure, you should go see your doctor. If you're 160 over 100, you should go see them sooner. And if you're having any kind of symptoms, chest tightness, headache, you want to go right away or at least call them right then and possibly even go to the emergency room to get that checked out. Uh, as far as pulse rate, um, you know, if you're athletic, your pulse may be in the 50s and you're fine. But if your pulse is below 60 and you're getting symptoms such as lightheadedness or fatigue, you should probably be seen pretty soon. Uh, a pulse over 99, um, up in the 100s, 120s, if you haven't just been exercising, uh, or can think of another reason, such as maybe you're a little dehydrated because you've been working outside and hadn't drank enough water, uh, then you should probably be seen pretty quickly. If it's uh, 150, uh, you should be seen right away because that could be a sign of atrial fibrillation. If you're And what that measures is how many beats per minute your heart is pounding well, away? Exactly. 150 beats a minute would be a certain red flag. 
Uh, if you check now, you mentioned the... AFib before you move on, Dr. Stemmen. You mentioned uh, atrial fibrillation. You mentioned AFib. Turns out a heck of a lot of people have it. What is it? It is where the top of the heart is not beating. It is um, quivering because it has, instead of the normal one place that the beat originates, it has multiple. And so the bottom of the heart is getting all these quick signals and then starts beating real fast. Um, when the top of the heart quivers, the danger in that is that you can build up stroke or uh, clots in the uh, atrium. And then if the atrium does happen to beat, it can throw the clot to the lower part of the heart, which can throw it to the brain or other parts of the body and cause a stroke. So it can be life-threatening. Yes, absolutely. But very controllable, managed? Yes, it's controllable uh, with blood thinners and uh, certain medications. Now, that's not the only reason your heart could be beating quickly. Some people have just a... Uh, Supraventricular tachycardia, which is a regular beat, does not confer the risk of stroke so much, but it can, you know, kind of overtax the heart to beat that fast. It'd be like running all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. Usually people get that, you're going to get very fatigued, and uh, but don't wait for that to go to the doctor if you happen to notice your heart beating that fast. Don't you know, the heart, Dr. Stebbin, it, it's an amazing organ. Uh, <laughs> Obviously, it's got to keep working. If it stops, you're dead. What is it about <laughs> the heart and the heart muscle that lets it go 24-7 like that? Divine design, I guess. So I can say. Um, divine design, divine. most yeah, certainly. And, and that divine design gives an electrical impulse that causes it to keep beating. And like Dr. Stedman says, if that electrical impulse is... Uh, misfired in the wrong direction or disrupted is where we come into issues with how fast that heart beats or how slow that heart beats. So just like Dr. Sendman was saying earlier, if it's too fast and you're symptomatic, short of breath, chest pain, you can feel it pounding out of your chest. Or if you're fatigued and it's too low, you definitely want to seek immediate medical care. And what kind of maintenance uh, should we do to make sure our heart is working properly as a primary care physician, Dr. Stedman, uh, what is it you put your patients through uh, when they come in for their annual or semi-annual exam? What are you looking for? What are you listening for when you put that cold stethoscope on their chest? <laughs> so I'm listening for a regular beat with uh, good solid valve sounds that uh, where it's not, the valves aren't leaking and that the beat is regular. Um, if you hear anything unusual, you might at that point do an EKG. And then if you see anything unusual there, uh, or sometimes just for other reasons, you might do an echocardiogram or do a cardiology referral. for further. What's an effect. echocardiogram? It's where you look at the heart with sound waves. Like you look at a baby with sound waves, okay, right. like a sonogram. You can look at the heart with the sound waves and see the heart valves working and see if they're leaking or if they're closing properly. You can also see that heart muscle wall. You know, the heart is a muscle like any other muscle in the body. And if you offer resistance to that muscle, meaning the pressure is too high, that muscle has to work too hard. And what happens is it gets thick. You guys lift weights. I noticed you said you guys, not me. You guys lift weights because you want your muscles to be bigger, right? Well, and you're offering resistance to it. If we offer resistance to that heart, it gets big. And like Dr. Sedman says, that, that muscle, we want to remain skinny, <laughs> You don't want that one to be thick. <laughs> Absolutely. 
And then what other measures uh, do you look for, as uh, Dr. Perry was asking, the kind of things we can look for at home and pay attention to at home? Well, what I look for is in the conversation with the patient, any symptoms that they may not think are serious, but are early warning signs in my mind. So think about, um, you know, how are you feeling? Uh, are you getting a little, is it a little harder for you to do the things you used to do? Uh, walking upstairs, are you a little more short of breath than you used to be? Uh, playing with the kids, playing with the dogs, any subtle changes, bring those to your doctor's uh, attention. Because what you want to do is catch any of these things early, because if you catch it early, you can make a difference. If you wait till you're down the road, you know, your ankles are swollen three times and you can't breathe, you know, you've waited too late. Dr. Stedman makes an excellent point. You know, there are little little subtle signs that sometimes patients, you know, overlook, right? Not intentionally. I think last time I read statistically, people have had diabetes or at least pre-diabetes a good 10 years before the diagnosis is made. But little signs like, are you using the bathroom? Are you peeing more? Are you hungry more? Are you thirsty more? And I had one patient tell me, I said, I had, are you hungry more? She says, baby, I've been hungry since birth. I, I just like to eat. So I didn't know how to quantify that one. But still, nonetheless, these are signs that, you know, pay attention to your body because we may be able to intervene and catch things early. And as you look at uh, th those uh, factors that uh, you might pay attention to when you're talking with a doctor, do you recommend keeping a journal, Dr. Stedman, about uh, what your blood pressure is, what your heart rate is, other issues that may come up during the day? Absolutely. If you keep things in writing, then you don't forget them. And uh, it's really important for our diabetics and our people with high blood pressure to keep those things and bring them when they come to the uh, office. But it's also helpful if you're just monitoring and you don't have any of those conditions yet. Uh, most people don't check their blood sugar uh, if they're not diabetic, but some do. But on the blood pressure and pulse, keep a record of it and, you know, bring it in. Uh, you may bring it in and your blood pressure is fine at home, but you come into the office and it's through the roof because you have what we've termed white coat hypertension or stress and yeah. hypertension. And there's no point putting you on medication if the only place your blood pressure is going to be up is in my office. But you don't know that unless they've been taking their blood pressure at home. Correct. Correct. Now, what about the devices that... Uh, are in many pharmacies uh, for taking your blood pressure. Are, are those accurate? Do, do they uh, validate those throughout the year? They're probably as accurate as the ones you would buy to keep at home. And, and remember, some value is better than no value. So I'd least like to have a clue of what your blood pressure is. And if, if you know, patients a lot of times will say, I don't think my machine works right. And when I tell them, bring your machine to the office with you. So that way my nurses can look at it, I can look at it, and then we can always check the blood pressure manually. I like to, I trust my ears better than anything. I don't so much trust my eyes as much anymore. I have 50 million pair of glasses, but I still <laughs> trust my ears. <laughs> I still trust my ears. So I said, well, let's compare to what I can hear versus what your machine gets. And then, and then we'll say, really, is your machine faulty or is it you really may have hypertension that we need to address? That's a really good point. I saw an item uh, somewhere that said, uh, does a physician really trust the patient giving them the accurate blood pressure reading they're getting on their machine at home? Or if you get one you don't like, you wait a while and take it again and don't report the higher level. <laughs> well, <That's> probably, <laughs> probably trust that more than how many beers do you drink a day? 
Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Or how many right. cigarettes, if you're a smoker, they all lie. Yes, right. yes. Uh, and also, sometimes people are treating alcoholism with blood pressure medicine because people that drink a lot, their blood pressure tends to go up. And um, that a lady just the other day, she uh, fell on New Year's Eve, bottle and a half of wine and a new blood pressure medicine. We don't know which for sure. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's really interesting. We got less than a minute left, Dr. Uh, uh, Stedman. I want to thank you, first of all, for coming in. Uh, and if you have questions, I guess the answer is talk to your PCP. Absolutely. That's always the answer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, have a PCP that you trust, someone that you can go to and you're comfortable with bringing up all kinds of issues with. Amen. Well, in this day and age, it's a challenge sometimes finding one. That it is. Um, medicine has changed significantly in the 30 years I've been in it. Wow. So you fly a Mooney airplane. Where are you going next? Oh, probably Lubbock. My daughter's at Texas Tech up there. Oh, okay. Cool. So that's cool. So you can fly right in, land near the school? Yeah, well, pretty close. Put it down the football field when there's no game. And that's super impressive. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Super we got to stop right here, impressive. Dr. Stedman. <laughs> thank you so much. On behalf of uh, our friend, Dr. Tamika Perry, thank you all for joining us on the award-winning Docs in a Pod. Executive producers for Docs in a Pod are Dan Calderon and Leah Madrano. Our producer is Natalie Ibarra. And associate producer is Isaac Wilker. Thank you for listening to Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And be sure and tune in next week for another edition of Docs in a Pod with Dr. Tamika Perry and Ron Aaron.